Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix dot com It's January the 1st, 2008 2008 For those who regularly listen to my programs on the radio stations Please be advised that on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, I wasn't on. They didn't play a rebroadcast of me either. And I think the staff were off enjoying themselves like everyone else on the planet. Therefore, the computer was just on automatic. If those who tuned in wondered why I wasn't there. We're on a a road now to... An incredible new world order, the dream of the ages for aristocratic families, the dream of having a controlled, orderly, worked out society rather than a haphazard society where people still have choices. That's terribly untidy to those who rule the world. It's hard to make big plans and fulfill them when people think they have rights and freedoms and and individuality comes into conflict often with other individuals. In reality, it's not so much individuality, it's the groups that form thinking they're individuals that end up fighting each other. And that's a problem inherent in society and within most people. You'll find this with all religions down through the ages and all peoples. Peoples like everyone else to be the same as themselves. And that's what culture is all about. When culture becomes concretized through many generations... Anything outside that culture is too foreign to them and it frightens them. Therefore, they try and either adapt you into their culture or simply eradicate you. And we've had troubles for thousands of years about this, this very problem. See, most people are the group. They are the big herd They think they're individuals, but they're not really. They're simply adopting the customs and culture that they've been born into, never realizing that there are people at the top who understand this whole business and who guide culture along the way and alter it when it suits them, knowing that the herd will graze along right through the changes, especially if you make the changes appealing or free, and... It isn't until they're inside the new culture that a few of them will even look up and notice the changes. Most people drift through life without thinking very much and very deeply about anything. And that's a sad observation, which is true. An observation made by the elite themselves, and many of them have published uh, this particular fact. It was understood a long time ago that technology 
would be the savior for the elite, on behalf of the elite, for controlling society. The sciences, in other words, eons ago they couched it in terms like nature. By understanding nature, they would conquer and rebuild that which was left imperfect. Nature is just science. If you get the sciences of nature itself, then you can alter them and conquer. But primarily, they have to conquer the only thing that sustains the elite in the position and comfort and expectations that they've always had. And that's the populace upon which they live. Everything comes from labor, and it's true. Therefore, to sustain yourself at the top, you must have all labor in all ages working for you. And you must profit from that. In other words, you must take their labor to benefit you and prop you up higher than the people who do the laboring. Uh, That's what aristocracy has always been about. This has been done through having kings and queens and, and courts, royal courts, and now governments and bureaucracies and officialdom, institutions, and so on. Lots of the elite to be kept propped up. And yet the workers themselves, they're still workers at that level, they are not the bosses. It's a pyramidal structure. How would you get people to labor for you to give you a better life and living standards than they themselves have? Well, you must create something that's an in-between, something that's current, and that's where you get currency from, something that flows, flows. And that's currency, like a current. You create it, you get the people to accept it, that's the first major hurdle. And once they accept it and you run the money, then most of the currency will flow back to you because the people are all employed technically by you. They all use your currency for a means of exchange. Wars have been used in tandem with this currency system and commercial system because wars are essential for taxation purposes to protect people therefore you've got to have ongoing wars real or imaginary or possible or cold or hot as long as you have the threat there then the people don't complain so much when they're overtaxed and ordered around believing it's all for their own safety. Therefore, wars are of prime importance. This has all been discussed and published by some of the big think tanks themselves, who understand the technique and they're really talking to each other as a matter of fact. They came up with the idea a long time ago that they'd have to, in a global society, when they run out of targets and threats, invent them. And in the global, the first global revolution published by the Club of Rome. They said that they they hit on the idea in the 70s, this particular think tank, 
they hit upon the idea of stating that man would be the enemy, all, all man and woman would be the enemy of the planet. Man was the problem. And this would just fit and slide happily in with the Malthusian policy of population reduction and give the right to authorities to dictate policy to the public, not serve the public, but dictate policy to the public and enforce it. That's what it's all about. We've never really had any freedom. It's simply a a wider variety of choices within a specific range, that's all. To compound all of this and make it even worse, we don't simply have uh, a media uh, that works for the elite, and we always have. That's always been the purpose of the middlemen media, is to peddle a reality to you and keep you running around in circles, uh, conversing about topics they give you to debate. But we also have the complicitness of people in the media who are not really well informed themselves and who haven't woken up either. These are the lesser ones. The ones at the top, of course, all know what their job is. And that's why, especially in the Western world, the big magnets, as they're called, the big moguls, get knighted after controlling the minds of the public for 20 or 30 years but added on top of that there are so many traps put out for people who do wake up in every generation the gurus are put out to say I've got the answers and much true information will be given because you must always give a certain amount of truth as the bait which will be new to the listener. And then once they swallow the bait, and it's a big enough following, you simply warp it off into some other realm of fantasy where there's not a chance in hell of complaining to anyone to fix this problem because how can you complain to aliens or or entities from Zeta Reticuli or any of the endless amounts of diversions and impossibilities we have been given. It certainly is fantastic for those in the institutes, the big players, whose names we all know, uh, the big banking families, who are also at the top of the economic pyramid. We're all run by economics. And the aristocracies, etc. It keeps everyone from demanding questions and answers from these characters the ones we can see the ones that we can deal with the politicians even though a lot of the lesser politicians are purposefully willfully ignorant a good politician knows how to play the game and what not to ask of his superiors that's how they get up there but all of this rests upon the compliance, the acquiescence of the general public every step of the way.
minorities dominate the majority. Government institutions and enforcement agencies are minorities. But by training the general populace to obey through symbols, and a uniform is a symbol, we don't see totalitarianism behind the uniform. In fact, we don't look beyond the uniform. We just simply react in a Pavlovian style. Therefore, the elite make sure that all fiction and pretty well all news is propaganda and reinforcement. An idea that alters perception must always be reinforced and is done more efficiently by the use of fiction and dramas and movies. And who knows how many movies and dramas have been put out there since 2001 to do with black-clad combat troops smashing doors down and going through windows to save the planet. And they're still churning them out. Even Canada has got in on the acts with a new series coming out called, and they've got great imaginations at the CBC. It's just fantastic. I think that's who made it, I'd imagine. And they're copying the American style got sex and violence and the whole bit and the, the good-looking bimbo broad and, and the, the square-cut jawed, uh, probably artificial implant jawed uh, actors. It's called The Border. Great imagination. And in the little preview they give you, the ad for selling this upcoming series, they show you Canadian F-18s and all the rest of it flying all over the place. Like, what's that got to do with the border? Well, nothing. It's all to create the hype. We're all in terrible danger. This is the same, from the same government, remember, the same elite who run the government, that gave us 30 years of, of multiculturalism and how wonderful Canada was for being so accepting. Suddenly, there's danger and terrorists within our midst. Suddenly it happened, you see. Never happened before. We had peace before. But suddenly, it, it could be all around you. And this is the hype to condition a generation who've been growing up, remember, since 2001. Who will, in another eight or nine years, be wearing the uniforms themselves? Who will never have known a world of peace? They've been born into a world of totalitarian and authoritarian government and institutions. And the only ones with power that they see that they've been brought up with are the black-clad ninjas who are bossing everyone else around, and they will join the power group. That's how children see power. The ones who dominate are the ones that attract them, something every tyrant in history understands. And they will never have known a time prior to that because they weren't born. They'll think being asked at checkpoints for ID and so on and ask a lot of questions about where they're going and all that kind of stuff is quite normal. All you have to do is raise one generation to think it's quite normal. But the amazing trick too 
is to get Joe and Jane Average, who are older, who do or should remember a time previous to 9-11, 2001, to also not notice the new normal and take that for granted and have them quickly adapt to it, as though it had always been here. And coupled with the Internet and all the free programs that they get and all the data they give out about themselves, you see they're already trained to a world of no privacy. I listened to a public broadcast blurb last night. I've had the flu for the last few days, so I didn't do too much. But I did watch this public broadcasting thing. First time I've watched TV in ages, but this has no ads in it. And public broadcasting is still run by the same institutions and so on behind the scenes. However, this one was about information and loss of privacy. And they had a a couple of professors on and journalists and and people from the big games that they, they put out there and also the programs for the Internet that are free. And they all quite readily admitted that nothing is for free. And they all admitted that it's all a guise to get you to use that program because information about you to the big advertising agencies is incredibly important because eventually they get a profile on you and they will advertise specifically to you, to you personally. And that's what it's all about. But it's also, which I didn't mention, was the fact that it's for agency collection, for the big agencies that work with the government. That's also part of it. But it's free. And as long as it's free, everyone jumps for it. It's, that's part of the culture of the commercialized West. And they don't realize that is what their culture is all about, is commercialization. It's all commercialization. And your information is bought and sold to anyone who has the money. But it's free. And people jump at the word free. Nothing in this planet is free. Nothing. And when it comes to commerce, believe you me, nothing is free. There's a price for everything. It's a bit late afterwards to realize what you've done often, isn't it? I've heard people, elderly people say that eventually the human race would sell its soul out for convenience. And that's happening. The dream of the elite is here. A society that doesn't mind being monitored, watched, prodded, poked, told told what to do. With no backlash. It's the dream of the ages for the elite. I have always said that in order to control an entire world, then everyone 
It must be predictable. The only way you can be sure of predictability for the individual is to have a complete personality profile coupled with a physical profile, health profile, and so on, on each individual. And yet, the problem for an elite in all ages has never been the masses of people. They are predictable. It's always been for the occasional thinker down through the ages. That's the one that's the Q factor. Something that is not predictable. It's the Q factor which can alter anything and everything drastically. That's really why the information is being gathered and that's why the United Nations and other organizations for a long time have been declaring that their main enemy to peace, what they claim is peace. And you have to understand they have a definition of peace. Their enemy is the occasional individual. With the majority, you can pretty well depend on them. You can count on them to do and think and say and behave the way they're told. That's also true in all ages. Many years ago, I would occasionally broach subjects to do with the future as it was going. Even before computerization came in, in any big way. Long before the internet was given to the public. And I watched whole countries that were suffering from massive unemployment, which was a planned unemployment, encouraging the unemployed to take retraining in computers and programming and so on. And I knew it was a a must-be, as it's called at the top, to put so much time, energy, and the tax money that they could use for themselves at the top, but actually using it to retrain the public for something that was of prime importance. And the hype about being left behind in this new revolution, all the buzzwords were there at the time, which said that this was of vital importance for the elite because nothing is given to the public for the public's enjoyment it's mainly for control purposes and better control purposes and I said the day would come when everyone would give all of their data their information to anyone who asked for it and it's just like living in deja vu all the time And that's why you're very selective in who you generally tell. At least that's how I used to be. Most would never understand or comprehend what you're even talking about or the drastic changes. I can remember people saying it was impossible that Britain would join a union of Europe. 
They said it was impossible that they'd give up their national identity. There's still people today who think it's impossible that the U.S., Canada, and Mexico are being amalgamated. It's it's an impossibility for them to comprehend. And yet, when it's done, they'll take it so quickly. They'll adapt so quickly as though they'd always known it. And though it's somehow normal, because they don't think through things in any kind of depth whatsoever. The media truly does their thinking and their reasoning for them, as Brzezinski said. As I say, it's like living in deja vu. Constant deja vu. Always knowing. Because you study history. You study the agenda. You study the reports and the papers and the books put out by the big think tanks over the years. All going in the same direction. All expounding their vision of their utopia peace on the planet for themselves at the top can only be completed when there's no thinking people beneath them no people with independent thought or the ability to even have independent thought You mark my words, all the big New Age gurus that have been put out there over the many years and well-financed at the top and well-coordinated too from the top under a myriad of names and organizations who all promote the same stuff and have the same religious buzz terms, vocabulary that they're given. They will all take you off in the different directions that you think you're in in your own little select areas and paths and bring you all back onto the same road of being one. Even those that you think are fighting it will bring you onto that same road of being one through altered states of consciousness. That's what it's all about. That's the main purpose of the propaganda and the indoctrination try drugs, try this, try that try meditation and then it will be the final part because the whole intent is to get you to want altered states here's the electronic version coming to a chip near you and for you always give the people their shepherds the good shepherds And the sheep will follow. Make a sheep pen and they will come. Sad, isn't it? And very predictable. But religion has been a tool for thousands of years across the planet to guide and shape and conquer the minds of people. Every major player at the top today has at one time or other mentioned that fact that it's always been used and that they will use a new type, a new form, a new religion to get them into the final phase based on a form, what the people think is a form of earth worship. But in reality, 
the new priesthoods will be white-coated experts, experts who will tell you what they need to do to save Mother Earth, and a whole generation will be brought up who will know nothing about their indoctrination. That's all they will be told. That will be their only reality, and they'll volunteer for sterilization, and they'll be given little extra social value points, little perks in society if they do so. They'll even be held up as heroes amongst the people, just like the Soviets would publish their employee of the week, their laborer of the week or the month, who'd put out so much of a quota of production for the people. You'll get the same propaganda spiels about young people who will become sterilized to save the planet. The right to reproduce the final right, because most of it's already been given away, but the final right will be given up by many, if not all. Deja vu indeed. A new religion, as they said, a long time ago would have to be created, but to create a new religion, first you have to blend existing ones, the familiar. A new one coming out of nowhere won't take, because all religions really are hatched on the backs of previous ones. That's why they take with the first generation they're applied to. There has to be a familiarity which you can identify with from your previous religion. Therefore, the New Age, as Blavatsky said, would blend the religions of the West with those of India and the Far East. And it has been successful because it's a stepping stone to where they want to bring everyone. And deep behind all major religions, you'll find them taking stories and borrowing stories from much, much older ones, often going all the way back to India. The New Age, which is simply a blend of shamanism, pantheism Hinduism a big big dash of Hinduism and some Buddhism all the isms will eventually go into the direction which they all were designed to go into where you become one the first step in becoming one is to convince the followers that everything and they'll use the term illusion as illusion. But what they really mean is it's not real at all. An illusion, remember, is an, a distortion of a reality, like looking through an old-fashioned pane glass window from the side. You'll get a distortion of a reality which is there. But what they're really telling you when they say illusion is that nothing is real whatsoever. Uh, that's the greatest trick of mind control 
you lose your identity in such thinking you lose your persona in such thinking and what they do in brainwashing is called depersonalization it's the first main step in brainwashing a victim uh, that's why they use this technique of saying nothing at all is real I've often used the term illusion to mean it in its proper definition a distortion of reality because they distort in this system our perceptions so that we'll perceive events as they want us to perceive them rather than how we should see for ourselves how things actually are. The whole idea of the universal consciousness was pushed through Rosicrucian and Masonic societies from a long time ago, boring heavily again on Hinduism. And this whole thing about karma. Karma being this sort of debt that you collect along your life and in previous lives that you've got to pay off one day to the big bankers. However, it's not built on logic. Remember, it's a belief system that was created to be a religion to control people and it's done very well for thousands of years very well indeed if you have no memory of previous mistakes and lessons that you've learned in a previous life what's the point of simply living again and again to be burdened with more bad karma because you didn't know what to do right this time If you have no memory, how can you rectify it? But it's not meant to be sensible. It was created to be a belief to control people. It also creates a form of hopelessness, you see, which is logical. Because karma built up in your life right now must be worked off in a future reincarnation. But when you're working it off, you're going to collect more karma in this life and in the next, which must be in turn worked off in another life. The Hindus call it the wheel of reincarnation, and Gandhi himself called it a burden too great to bear because there's no release that goes on forever. Yoga, which was made popular in the West, and aimed again through the clever disguise of health when they tried to get it in at first they knew it was part of a religion a vital part of a particular religion and so they tried to give it a scientific guise therefore they pushed it through health clubs and women flocked to it but yoga was, devout, was actually developed as a means of escape from the endless wheel of death and rebirth based on faith again and belief in the system of reincarnation. If you look at the actual religion, the higher religion, 
that this is based upon, you go back through the path of karma to the beginning, and you'll find that there's a stage when the Hindus claim they called it gunas, the three gunas or qualities of the Godhead were in perfect balance in the world or in the void, really the void. Origins begin with a void, the nothingness from which it all came and to which it will all return one day. Then something happens to cause an imbalance in the Godhead and the prakriti, they call it prakriti, which is manifestation. It all began, which brings about illusion, which we experience as the universe today. That's how it's taught in Hinduism. If her bad karma began with an imbalance in the Godhead itself, and therefore is built into the very fabric of the universe, which means there is no escape. The high Brahmins understand that. Yoga or no yoga. If you go into the Buddhist understanding that's taught to the West, I say this is taught to the West, there's no reincarnation really of the individual soul. There's only a survival of consciousness for the enlightened, of course. Upon death, the individual consciousness is just like a drop of water going into the big ocean that then becomes an identifiable and undivided part of the whole, you might say. Then it once go, again goes in and merges with the pool of universal consciousness, as they called it. That's what Carl Jung called it. And remember, too, Carl Jung gave a lot of good information about the mind, but he also was a top Rosicrucian who had been brought up to believe all this. So once again, as the consciousness goes into the pool of unconsciousness or world soul, from where it got separated, that's the end of it. So all is one, one is all. That's what they mean by that. You know. George Lucas did Star Wars and he blended it together and he called this great pool of consciousness that the Hindus use and the the Buddhists use he called it the force and that's what he talked about that could be tapped into and used for mystical powers and purposes whereas in Hinduism the individual identity that you take on for a time as a source of pain. And it must be retained through countless reincarnations, which they call transmigrations of soul. They don't give you any moksha. Moksha is escape, really. That's what they call it, moksha. From time, sense, and the elements. In the West, they call that simply self-realization. And that only comes for an individual soul, which they term the Atman, recognizes that the appearance of separation is an illusion and concludes that through the state of consciousness reached in yoga, 
that it is in fact identical with the universal soul or Brahman. All is one again. That's the big push. It's quite amazing that a religion that taught this has a Brahmin class and has had for thousands of years that still remain on top and live incredibly well while all those beneath them accept their slavery, drudgery, their mass poverty, sickness and so on and no one will help them because if to help you your bad karma might brush off on me therefore I can't help you, I must ignore you and it makes it even better for me if I ignore you because I can convince myself that it is your bad karma and you chose to come back like that to suffer or be a cripple and so on what an incredible religion that everyone's trying to adopt it's interesting to note that Charles Darwin's his grandfather's theory of evolution comes from Hinduism the whole idea being that to back up karma and countless recycles it must mean you're going towards something in other words it's been blended with evolution so that's why the modern new age Hinduism for the West has adapted the the idea of evolution. We're all growing towards something, which again is what an elite always want, is to guide whole herds of people along a path which they must make sense of, even though the making of the sense is given to them too. All the answers, the propaganda is given to them. It doesn't take logic in belief systems is based on faith but it's also based on accepting what you're told by superiors that's why they go off and and hire what they call masters or high gurus and so on remember what Blavatsky said the, the blending of science and religion and out of that came a whole bunch of organizations which have done exactly that. They've blended these forms of combinations of Hinduism, Buddhism, and evolution and mixed it in with science because we've been taught that science is beyond question. It's not religion, is it? But in reality it is too. At least the theories that are given to us is based on faith since most of us cannot ever, ever investigate or try to emulate empirical proof through experimentation. So it's based on faith. But it has the appearance in a white coat of being different than the old black robed priests. Yet it's just the same. We're being misled in a thousand ways by white coats and experts on purpose. So as I say, various religions have done this, such as Scientology. And others, even psychology, certain branches of psychology have branched off into it too. You can get lots of New Age psychology ones out there. 
bringing them all together and hypnotizing you into your past lives and all this kind of stuff to back up why you've got problems in this life. But you need to, to pay good money to find out who you were in a previous life. And it's amazing, it's always famous people. It's always famous. I've met seven people who have been Cleopatra so far. And I tell each one of them, it must have been awfully crowded in there. You never find them being the peasants or the milkmaid. It's always someone who's famous. Mainly because their knowledge of how ordinary people would live in those ages is not in their memory banks. All they're given is history to do with famous people. So they know little bits and pieces of it from Hollywood movies and so on. And that's why they identify with them. Yet the whole New Age movement was created to bring about a controlled society. To bring in eventually its natural progression into an earth-worshipping system where the scientists will be the new priests and everyone will obey them as though they were holy people, altruistic-minded who are out to save the world and the planet and everyone in it because they care. They're special people. They care. People will put themselves forward to be sterilized. It's already happening now. And there's one case I read about recently offered themselves to be sterilized. Yet I always think of a book I have from 1920 from Britain. And it was the answer of a man in the British population to a book put out on behalf of the elite of Britain after World War I. The elite were complaining that not enough people had been killed and the population would rise out of all proportions and deplete the food supply and so on and panic and crisis and all the rest of it. And this man had used the same statistics that they'd gotten from the British government to prove the reverse was true and to show, and, and he asked a very important thing he says well, how come and he named all the people who'd put their names to this particular book condemning the public he says how come each and every one of these famous aristocratic families has at least 10 to 15 children between each themselves per family and here they were complaining about the commoners going to breed out of all proportion maybe we should ask the same elite families that are pushing for all this greenery and the greening of everything which is all part of what I'm talking about this religion that's going to be promulgated through the schools it's already been done actually but taught as a religion would be taught why don't we ask those who push it to be the first volunteers for sterilization since they're pushing this idea? If they're so eager to promote it through the, through the populace, why don't they volunteer and be the first examples?
And that will never occur to the followers, the ones like all religions, start taking the new gospel to heart, and it sounds wonderful, save Willie, save the earth, save the trees. And you will get the fanatics who will go for that and do it. It's suggestible. Those who are emotionally unstable. Religion is a tremendous powerful tool. Always has been. Because the devotees can give themselves fanatically to a cause. Years ago they made a movie called Logan's Run. Well worth seeing. To show you how a complete society can be created, given a culture, given all the things that make up that culture, all based on keeping the population at a specific number, even giving them a religion to match it, a religion using science. Remember that Bertrand Russell said that the people can be made to believe anything. He said it could be made the creed, meaning the belief of the vast majority of people given adequate government promotion and action. And that is true. Getting back to what I was talking about earlier, on the lack of privacy and how people en masse are giving up without a thought. All the information, personal information about themselves, which is getting more and more extensive when they join the Facebooks and so on, all these programs out there. Getting very, very personal. And they just give it all out because it's like giving it to something which isn't quite human, so it doesn't matter. A computer is very impersonal. Someone standing with a notebook across from them, asking them these questions might make them nervous, but uh, when it's just a program, it kind of makes it unreal to them, I think. But they dish all this information out because the ancients that wrote all the holy books said that this would happen. All that was hidden would be shouted from the rooftops, meaning available to anyone who wanted it. The ideal utopia where the ordinary person would have no privacy and no ability to retain privacy eventually. Certain sayings are common in the media. You can't stop death and taxes. You can't stop progress. Or you can count on death and taxes. It's the only thing you can. But what is progress and who defines what progress is? You can't stop progress. 
obviously means someone defines it. Yet it's a word into which no one really inquires the meaning of. They don't say you can't stop scientific discovery. They say you can't stop progress. It can only be progress according to a plan if it's therefore approved. They don't even bother talking about discoveries anymore. Everything that's discovered is called progress. Not so long ago we knew the difference. We had the atom bomb, and some people did say that was progress. Others knew intuitively or by common sense that to use it on any level was madness. But now all is progress. So every scientific discovery is hailed as some kind of new territory that's going to benefit us. And I look at the benefiting of society and how it is accepted by the public, all the things which are now opposite of what they used to be, I mean value-wise and how we've adapted so easily into the new values and accept that whatever revolution, as they're always called, brought them in, that it must be for the good. That's progress. Yet every part of nature that comes under attack has a price because there are natural laws in the world everyone knows this really we don't want to ponder or think about them we don't like to think about consequences for actions yet for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction even in our own lives personal lives nothing is for free yet we generally take what is the easier of the two routes at the time to follow and often we suffer later on some never suffer because they have no real depth of thinking the the creatures of instinct as they've been called in all ages but everything has a consequence and I thought about again the sciences the knowledge that's been accumulated of humankind for thousands of years and how people like Plato could write about a future society this utopia that would come into being in his book The Republic the utopia for an elite yet we made no distinction about this he didn't pretend it was for everyone on the contrary he spelled out who would be in charge the ones that were fully evolved, you might say, the top aristocracy, and the commoners were called its, called them its, they weren't really people, who'd be bred as livestock, would be bred to serve the, the guardian class much better. But he also went through the stages on the road to this utopia, 
And one of them was to to create a society where all dissension would be eliminated, not for peace and security for the public, but to make them more efficient in serving the elite. Everything that distracts or detracts from efficiency would have to be eliminated. And he talked about all the different things that, that cause it, including men and women, and emotion, the emotion that comes between them and their relationships. And his answer to it would be that all women would be held in common, which can, that's the easy translation from the Greek. But really, what he was telling you was that they'd be made available, and that would cease the, the natural bonding process of couples. It's harder to bond when you've had many. Uh, something they knew thousands of years ago and again something which has been promoted widely since the uh, the 1950s uh, up to the present till now it's a normal uh, not really to have a permanent mate even the terminology has changed to partner partner is a temporary thing it's also a business thing in business you can go in and out of partnerships and so they got rid of all the old standard terms because that's, these terms all have a tremendous psychological impact you see so they, they get rid of them and give you new terms which you adopt without thinking and uh, really the, the term mate has gone it's got more permanent connotations to it so we are manipulated in so many different ways but he saw this time coming because they'd worked towards it down through many, many centuries as they built up their world empires and amalgamated them and built up more and amalgamated them till now you have the final amalgamation going on right now and a public that would serve them better with less dissensions amongst them be more efficient when all emotional bonds were broken and the state would be in charge of everything that's been pretty well fulfilled including what he knew they'd do they'd they'd bring in women at the end in the military and the beauty of it all is to make people think that they're freeing themselves as they do it they think they're making their own decisions that's the beauty of the, the elite's macabre intellect they understand humanity so well they can get the people to actually go along and want it thinking they're doing it for themselves it's amazing and then they would breed interbreed the military class with each other for a few generations and perfect that they'd be a military class in perpetuity basically and he also talked about the alteration of other types of its for specialized jobs by selective breeding and inbreeding them for specific tasks. Well, we know it's genetics that they're using. And yet every one of the top players in the world quotes Plato, and they read Plato. Because Plato was also a member of the ancient society.
to understand what's happening, you need to step out of society, out of the groups, if you can handle it, and go on your own journey through the mind and through who you are, which might terrify you. That's why most folk huddle in groups. It gives them a sense of security when everyone uses the same language and uses the same explanations and justifications for doing what to do. But all journeys start with yourself before you can look outwards. Understand yourself, you know, understand all others because you have the potential to do all the things that they're doing. But hopefully you have more sense. So I hope you all have a good start to this year. We know, we know it's not going to get better. We know the velvet glove is off the fist of the night. And we're being threatened now with force all the time through all the big agencies and authorities that are all around us. This superstructure that was built up over many years under the guise of services now have all combined for the real purpose which is to be the authorities and we know it's not going to get better because every day and you can't keep up with it and I do less reading of the news today than most folk on the internet but you can't go through a day without watching more laws getting pushed out there and even within bureaucracies and governments they're replacing a lot of the old timers with new blood, more aggressive blood, because to deal with the public, as they've always done, they're not going to be what they called cooperative anymore. It's going to be a one-way street of they tell you a new jump. That's the new system. Authoritarian system. A combination of the Soviet and the Nazi on behalf of an aristocratic elite at the top. And all we can do is to be aware of it, demand answers from those we can approach for answers, because all that's all really there's left. And also to stop putting our own sons and daughters into positions with good paychecks where they become part of the battalions that will be cracking down on their moms and pops. It's time that stopped. They say the elite count on the masses to go along with them. They count on the masses to put their own children into positions that not only serves the system, which is, which is totalitarian now, there's no doubt about it, but will enforce the system. And we know where it's all going, so we can't really give the children a pat on the back anymore and say, good, good for you, dear, or son, for getting such a good job and paycheck. There's good security in that. We can't do that anymore because Unless the elite and their system stand naked 
without the battalions of our own offspring to guard them, it's game over for the rest of the world. Think for yourself. Question everything. Watch who you follow. Preferably you should lead. From Hamish, my dog, and myself, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.